Hello everyone, I'm Jim Callen, and I'm the director of the Chickasha Economic Development Council and the president of the Chickasha Chamber of Commerce, and we're doing a the Chickasha Chamber podcast, and we may start calling it Chick Chat, but what we really need to do is just get some information out. So um, we're going to have a series of podcasts discussing uh, information about uh, Chickasha is considering doing a tax increment financing district, referred to as a TIF. And so we're going to talk to different people in the community and around, and we're just going to take uh, a lot of the questions that were submitted on social media, uh, some of the concerns, and we're just going to put a lot out there and, and kind of kick it around so everybody can try to get a better understanding of, of what the city is considering. So um, I think everybody probably knows that uh, TIF, TIF, stands for Tax Increment Financing, and with some of our uh, people that we interview, we'll go into a deep dive on exactly what that means. Others, we're gonna go into more of, well, how does this uh, impact you or what do you think of it? So uh, joining me today is Micah McCarty. And so glad to have him here as, as I moved back and kind of got started. We One of the initiatives we started was Keep Chick Shade Beautiful. And Micah was one of the first people to volunteer and say, hey, I wanna be involved. And what I love is when we've been out cleaning up parks or um, doing some small projects around Chickasha, it's not just him, but if his kids uh, are available, his kids are with him too. And he truly not just thinks about the importance of keep Chickasha beautiful, but he lives it and he's teaching it to his kids. So uh, Micah, welcome. We're glad to have you here today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a Chickasha resident. I've lived here, I've lived in Greedy County for probably 20 years. Um, we've only lived in Chickasha the last three. Uh, we have a 103-year-old house here in town that we have restored and renovated and moved into about a year ago. And I'm a local contractor. We dabble in real estate investment. We have worked in some historic properties here in town, both commercial and residential. And then we have dove in a little bit into short-term rentals and long-term rentals, and that's kind of where we where we hang out most of the time. Well, that's great. I know that uh, we've crossed paths a couple different times in downtown area. Um, seems like you did some work uh, on the uh, legendary bicycles building, is that right? Correct, yes. I'm also a cyclist, and that's something very near and dear to my heart. And when Cody White wanted to turn that into a bike shop, uh, he and I began putting our heads together, and that was one of my one of my last commercial projects that I did was legendary bicycles here in town, downtown. It's so cool that we have a bike shop yeah. in our downtown. And, you know, one of my passions from an economic development standpoint is making Chickasha a more bikeable community, a more walkable community. And I just, I, we could do a whole podcast on sure. that. And, and we might need to do that. In I'll come back for that one. Good, good. But let's just do a quick sure. deal about recently, for the first time ever, the Festival of Light did a sneak peek and it was for no cars. Correct. And that idea came from where? I, a few of us were talking about it. Uh, I can't take full credit myself, but I mean, I'm the one pushing it harder than anyone else. I can be stubborn about things. And so, uh, yeah, we did that last, this past Friday night. It was terrific. Uh, the weather was perfect. Uh, we had a bunch of people on bikes. We had runners. We saw people pushing strollers. We saw kids on uh, scooters. Uh, it was it was super neat, and most of the cars stayed out, and so it felt safer than typical a typical night at the festival, and it was just uh, really great. Hoping to do more of it next year. Yeah, so it was kind of like even if you weren't a 
bicycle enthusiast, it was almost a night where the community could come out and enjoy the festival sure. light, you know, before it officially opened. So and safely, I think, without cars yeah. running around. Yeah. Last thing I'll say about that: it's so important that when people have an idea, that they share it with others. Uh, instead of just saying, "Well, I wish they would do this," or "I wish they'd do that," well, speak it into existence and sure. go talk to someone, and let's figure out ways that we can embrace uh, a little bit of change. I love it. Yeah. So, thank you. you for that, and the other bicycle enthusiasts that came up with that, but. We better get back to the TIF, uh, tax increment financing. So um, obviously you uh, appreciate history, historic yes. buildings, uh, residences, commercial buildings. Um, you know, it's the whole thing about a TIF is that it doesn't have to be in a downtown district. It can, it can be in anywhere. The first TIF that Chickasha had uh, was out at 4th and Grand, and we'll talk about that in a different session. But Let's start off by when you and I first visited, maybe a couple of months ago, um, you raised a question about the TIF and you and I talked and uh, just talk me through where you were then and then where you are now and just what are your personal thoughts about the pros and cons of a TIF district? Uh, when we spoke a few months ago, I was pretty much 90% against it. Um, and I have multiple reasons we can get into or not. Um, you gave me more context and allowed me to see a few more of the issues that can, that could be addressed potentially by the TIF that I at least have more understanding now. So I'd say I'm probably closer to 50-50. I think the tricky part at this point is gonna be how the TIF is drawn up and who are the voices in the room to get to make those decisions, um, depending on which way it could go in a positive or negative way. So I have shifted, I do still have some hesitancy about it. I don't like it. It seems like there's not a lot of dat data that proves the efficacy of TIFs that I've been able to find. Um, and what it seems to do is it takes money that gets, begins in the general fund and it takes it away from the general fund and focuses it into one tiny area and takes it out of the municipal public sphere into a private sphere that I it removes a lot of transparency that I'm not comfortable with on that level. So that's kind of getting a little into the weeds if we want to do that this early. I don't you, know. you know, here's what I'd say. These podcasts, they're all just about having good candid discussions, okay, yeah. you know, yeah. so there's nothing off limits or scripted or whatever. Yeah. I've got a few questions sure. and, but, but the key in all of this is, you know, you kind of said it, it's transparency. That's, let's, let's talk about how it's going to be. And, uh, both the city manager and the mayor will be in on these and they'll they'll certainly kind of talk through the process the city's considering. Um, but I think your perspective is really important because as someone that has developed buildings and someone that has a high level of appreciation for historic buildings, um, and, that, and then the other part is you care. Sure. Okay, you, you show up at Maybe meetings that, that, that you don't have to show sure. up at, okay? Yeah. And I can't tell you how much I love that. Even if times, if you see things one way and I see them another, all that matters is that, is that you care sure. and you're willing to, we can sit down and professionally discuss something. Yep. And I think that's a powerful trait of a strong community. So um, let's talk a little bit about transparency. And, and uh, I know that when the city council did a workshop on TIFF, you were at that meeting. Is that I right? Was. Yes, okay. And so there's different consultants that have come in and they're, they're trying to explain, you know, this is a legal process. I don't know if everybody understands that the state has, um, 
don't know if they're charters or laws, but the state dictates how a TIF must be rolled out. And so I was at that same work session you were at. They talked about establishing a committee. Um, they talked about that committee has to be made up by certain people that's designated by the state. And, um, you know, it seems like they started things out by saying, okay, well, where would the TIF go? Um, how would it do? Uh, how would it work? Uh, is that kind of what you got out of that work session? Yeah, and in the work session, I felt like none of those questions were answered as far as specifics. It was, this will all be determined by the TIF committee. And so that was a little frustrating in that the people who I assume were at that meeting were there for answers and we didn't get any of those answers. And I understand why, it's because the TIF committee hasn't even been chosen at this point. Right. And they're the ones who will make those choices, but it's like, we can't really even get to that place until the city decides we're doing a TIF, or at least we've decided at this point, because we're spending the money to hire the consultants to at least take the first step. And so that's a little problematic for me that we can't get the specifics, specifics that we're looking for until someday in the future. And, and it's, it's a slow process. Mm -hmm. it, it certainly is. And now we're going to be doing this as we go into the holidays. And so it, it'll, it'll probably be more, uh, after the first of the year before, sure. you know, first of all, no decision has been made to have a TIF, right? It's my understanding that the council made a decision to form a committee to analyze information and make recommendations to the city council. Yes. I think there's a misconception out there of, well, uh, is the EDC going to oversee the TIF? No. Uh, now, I'm going I'm to be in full transparency. Am, am I an advocate for it? Yes. Um, and we'll get into that in a minute. But what's important to me is that people get a say-so or people get information passed on. Um, so uh, from my standpoint, would I like to see a TIF in the downtown? I would. Um, but I, I believe it is vital for economic development. Um, so when you were developing Legendary Bicycles Building, and I think you've looked at possibly some other buildings yes. in the downtown area, what do you see, what were some of the barriers for development, or what, do you, what are some of the things that you saw as a developer? Well, so one of my personal dreams is that we could turn a lot of these downtown buildings that have retail down below into livable space on top. A, in my opinion, it's a bunch of wasted space that is beautiful. We have all these cool businesses downtown, but we don't have very many people actually living downtown. And I feel like you could really capitalize on that. But because of building codes, we are not allowed to build on second floors unless it's A, handicap accessible. In a lot of cases, there are caveats to that you can get really into the weeds about but that's a factor in it is you need an elevator or you need some way to get a, a wheelchair or some type of accessibility up to the second floor and secondly you have to fire sprinkle the second floor and the first floor which gets very cost prohibitive to a lot of businesses especially small businesses when you say i want to come in and do this and i have to tell you well the first thing you have to do is spend a hundred thousand dollars just to protect it from fire and so i think well, it's been my experience with multiple people who have looked at buildings and when I tell them step one and this is not sexy money this is you got to put in a bunch of pipe for fire sprinklers and that just turns them away because they don't want to do that and we have to do that in most of these cases uh, for safety reasons okay uh, and and I've, I've heard that too from people that were considering they're looking at um, different places they might want to put into business and like you described uh, I know of at least three different groups that looked at putting in 
retail in the first floor of the William Shoe Building mm -hmm. and wanted the second floor to be residential, you know, the possibility they were going to live there. And none of those have come about because some of the challenges that we face. Yeah. When you were working on uh, Cody's building there, Legendary Bicycles, um, did flood mitigation ever come up as an issue? Yes and no. Um, there is actually a secret basement in that building that not a lot of people know about. And I think from conversations I've had, a lot of buildings have secret or not so secret basements and most of them are full of water. And so that is an issue as far as I'm, I believe, still at the Legendary Bicycles, um, that it's not that they're full of water, but they, but water and moisture and therefore mold can be problems in a lot of these buildings. And so that kind of ties into the infrastructure conversation as far as how do we get that water out of there? What kind of sewer lines do we have? What kind of utilities stuff is all run? And so, yes, that is sort of an issue. It doesn't affect the bike shop specifically because we've been able to basically use different parts of the building and that's not a factor, but uh, it could be in other situations uh, for sure. I know here in the chamber building, uh, I've heard stories about basement we have. I've never looked into it. You probably was, don't want to. I was told there's monsters down there <laughs> yeah. and uh, I don't want to go see the monsters. But we know that here, just behind the chamber building recently, there was a uh, concrete truck that fell in to um, like a sinkhole. Yeah. Um, we know that when Brandy's first opened up earlier in the year, there was all kinds of problems with her just being able to, you know, flush toilets and go into the sewer lines. So I don't know that it's debatable that we don't have significant infrastructure concerns sure. in our downtown. Um, I've been told that one of the things that a TIF could do is address infrastructure concerns by capturing the increment of uh, property values that go up and um, the sales tax that goes up. So the, the current sales tax isn't touched, it continues on as it is, but in order for some of these developments to happen, you know, someone like Chad Hitt, if he wants to put in a distillery, he's got to pump in a ton of water in and then he's going to have a bunch of water going out and you know that's not exactly like your term you used earlier sexy it's not sure. sexy to get water and sewer you know it's things you kind of expect yeah. so that's one of the values i believe um a tiff could provide to the downtown um if that was done if it was used for that and the city made those decisions how would you view that i think it could be advantageous and i feel like our infrastructure problems downtown are larger than that one situation though. And I, it almost feels like we're putting a Band-Aid on one part of the problem when all of these water lines are connected and all of these, and they're considered private. You know, once you get into a specific building, each business owner is in charge of and responsible for their portion of the sewer line, the water line, all that stuff. But what's problematic about it is it connects to the guy right next to you. So mm -hmm. you can't really touch just yours and bring it 10 inch water line to just your building whenever you have a one inch water line on both sides of you. And so I feel like it almost has to be more of a citywide or a council decision or like the city infrastructure. It has to be a larger plan where we're doing this all at once instead of just one segment of this, of the pipeline to be very literal, I guess. No, that, ma that makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. I had talked a little bit about this earlier. As the city's authorized this committee to be formed, then it's up to the committee to decide what are the boundaries, mm -hmm. what do you include, what do you not include, 
how long it goes. Right. So even though a lot of people wanted those answers right away, it's going to be the committee is going to be tasked to to answer those and then make recommendations to the council, and the council will actually be the ones to say, okay, we're going to do it, and it's going to be for ten years or twenty years, you know. And I, and I don't know what any of that looks like, but as it relates to a band aid versus. You know, it may be how much money can a TIF generate? Sure. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of data that's going to have to be collected. You know, de depending upon the boundaries. Um, so, um, if if you're if if you're looking at this whole issue, what are two or three things you think the city needs to really pay close attention to in order for you to feel like due diligence is being done and everything's transparent? Good question. Um, First thing that comes to mind in the conversation at city council, this work session, I guess, um, they were very clear that the schools would not be affected. CB tech would not be affected. Uh, I don't know who they said they were. They said these people will county. not the county. Correct. Um, will not be affected. But by default, that means certain other people are. And I would be curious, like by saying these people are out of it, who are we not putting in that group? Because those are the people that are going to speak up. And so, I think I would be curious to know, we have made schools a priority, CB Tech a priority, the county a priority, then who are we leaving out? Because that's, they are also Chickasha people, Chickasha businesses, Chickasha residents. And so I would be really curious on how that question is answered by the committee uh, once we get to that place. And so with the EDC being so data-driven, you like to base your decisions off of numbers and off of what the reports say, so I'm curious what data is there from the first tip that ended a few years ago that happened in Chickasha that made you say, this was a success. Let's do this again in Chickasha. Well, first of all, I'm not an expert on that tip. I wasn't here, but one of the other people that we want to get input from on this podcast is Steve LaForge, who did that. Uh, I understand there's some people that didn't like it. They didn't like the people that didn't like it. I think don't like tips to begin with. Okay. They, they believe things should happen organically or they don't happen. Someone like me that's in the economic development that's trying to grow a city, I don't have any specific data to hand you right now. I think that's, that's something that needs to be provided. But here's what I see. I see that uh, just being very generic, downtown is where we have a lot of boutiques, local restaurants, a lot of um, local business. We have it all throughout Chickasha, but there's, there's a lot of that in downtown. At 4th and Grand in that area, south of Grand, um, we see a lot of the corporate businesses. And they're here. And they're generating sales tax. That, that TIF is over. It expired in 2020, I think. I don't have that exact details. But it is, it, that TIF is over. So we have businesses in Chickasha that might not have come here without that TIF. I know that... Scooters just recently opened, and I know that uh, Chick-fil-A is coming in, opening soon. Um, I know that uh, the developer, Eric Flesky, will be announcing more corporate business coming into that area. Um, so these businesses that people want are coming. It might have been because of a tip that was started way back, you know, almost 20 years ago, but they're coming to Chickasha. Uh, I know that Aria development that is on the east side of 4th Street, south side of Grand, um, kind of in that area where like Jimmy Zag is, I know they have plans for new buildings uh, in 2024. Um, so there's, what I like about that first TIF 
is people can argue about the, the good, the bad, or ugly, whatever it may have been, but where we are right now, it's it's a positive for Chickasha. And I would say that if, if the city adopts a TIF uh, going forward, when that TIF expires, um, the, the city's going to benefit greatly because all there is no more increment that's being captured. It just all goes there. And I also believe, and I strongly believe this, without a TIF, some of these businesses never come to Chickasha. Sure. Uh, if there were, we'll just say if there's a sample size of, here's 20 businesses that, that are in this TIF district that came in. Um, if you don't have the TIF, maybe we get two of them, but we don't get 20. And then I'm just going to be very selfish and say that if Chickasha has a TIF district going forward, I have something else to sell. I have another reason to try to go after a business and say, come to Chickasha, here's all the, all the, all the infrastructure needs. You're going to pay for them up front, but then you're going to have an opportunity to be reimbursed. I don't get to make that decision, but I can sell it. And then that's up to the city to say, yes, we can. And to, and to what level? Uh, my job is to sell Chickasha, promote Chickasha. And so a TIF would be a great sales tool for me to use. But again, I don't make that decision on whether they get it or not. That's up to the city. Along those lines, at the work session, session, the consultant came, one of his quotes was, a TIF is the best tool that cities have to promote economic development. Have we slash you as EDC or the council considered any other tools that might be available or well, so, other tools? So for example, for a city, it's pretty much the only tool. Okay. Now, from a developer standpoint, you know, Chet Hit is going to use uh, historic tax credits if he can, because uh, that Savoy building and, and a couple of the others that he's going to be doing, they qualify. Okay. The, that's that's on the federal or state level. Uh, but from a city, it's just a tip. In, in cities in Oklahoma, they don't get ad valorem tax. They live and die by sales tax. Right. And so it's one of the few tools they get to, to try to spur economic development. If you go to the State Department of Commerce website and type in TIF, you're gonna see that TIFs are in just about every single county in the state of Oklahoma. It's not like this is something new for Chickasha. Right. I mean, we obviously we've had one before, but cities are using them because that they have to. And as we compete with other cities for businesses, for residences, uh, all those kind of things, for tourism, uh, we've gotta use any asset that we can. Now, again, that's my view being in charge of economic development. I respect that some citizens don't see it that way. That's why we're doing these podcasts and asking questions. So along those lines, it's either this tool or nothing is our basic our options at this point. That's pretty much it. Can a city do a um, sales tax rebate? Yes. Um, Chickasha may have done one. I'm not I'm, I'm not briefed on, all, on that type of information. Um, but can they, um, I mean, a, an economic development tax, we've had that twice. They both have expired and rolled off so that no longer exists. The funds that are available are what we're using for the downtown grant. That, all of those funds, I'm guessing, will be completely depleted by the end of 2024, no later than the first half of 2025. They'll be gone and there will be no more downtown. Uh, because it's a finite pool. So yeah, city's very limited in terms of tools. One, two data points uh, that may or may not need to be in the podcast. Uh, 
Oddly enough, today is the three-year birthday of when the last TIFF expired. I have that from the... Okay, so it was... It, it was, was November 21st, 2020 was when it ended. So okay. It began November 21st, 2005. Okay. I didn't really notice that until you were talking about when it expired, and I looked up here, and I was like, happy birthday. <laughs> so, uh, I think I have one final question... Yeah, I guess my two final points or questions slash points is one of my biggest concerns with TIFF is primarily of transparency, and that's because of the way this mechanism bypasses the public municipal budget process. And so these funds that are captured from the TIFF are captured from the general fund, and all that stuff is public record and is managed by public process. And when you take that TIFF money, it no longer falls under that public municipal budget process and it's in my understanding anyway it is then dispersed however the committee decides it to be and there is no uh, no transparency and no accountability essentially i know it's still a there are rules and there are governmental guidelines that you have to fall within but that's one of my big questions i guess or concerns is the transparency of taking it from the public into private I don't know if that's a question or if that's just a comment. No, or... so, you know what? I, did? I just wrote it down uh, for Keith. Okay. And I'll yeah. ask that of Keith sure. because that's a weak I, question. I try not to make sure I don't answer questions that I'm not the expert or I have the working knowledge. Sure. Of. And I'm also, for the record, clearly not an expert, just someone who. No, but see, these. Too much time to read. No, this it's, it's, thank God someone's reading. Yeah. They're paying attention. One final note I did notice that California was the first state to use a TIF in 1952. Okay. They are, you know, they're California, so love them or hate them, they're generally leading the way in things. But they were also the first state to discontinue TIF districts in 2011. And so they saw some of the problems that come along with TIFs over their, you know, 50, 60 years of doing that process. And they decided as a state that this is actually not a good thing for them to do for cities. And I just think that's a good data point to kind of bring mm -hmm. the conversation that... So Mike, I'd say it also when you're saying transparency to make sure that the funds are, we could have a bunch of really good city councilmen, a great mayor, a great city manager. Okay. And then 10 years later, none of those council sure. are around that mayor's not there. The city manager's moved on and we've got a whole different group of people. And so that's a, that's a very valid point. How do we make sure, you know, all those funds are still handled correctly and, and everything's transparent. Oklahoma um, enacted the, the TIF district um, language in 1992, and it's been amended several times. Um, I would say that Oklahoma um, and California, you know, because if California did it way back and then they got rid of it, what are the politics in the state of California, you know, when they got rid of it compared to what they sure. were, you know, so all of those things, the same thing with a city manager, mayor, city right. council, all those things. That's why there needs to be people that care. And, you know, I, I'll sit there and get on soapboxes all day long with why young professionals in this town are so important. We've got to get them engaged with what's happening. They've got to care. They've got to have feel like they have a voice and a seat at the table to be able to influence what's going to happen in the future. I'm 60 years old. 
think I'm going to be an active player in Chickasha in 20 years? I don't think so. Probably not. Hope I am, but I, yeah. you know, the odds would be against it. Sure. You know? So that's why other people have to care enough to say, well, no, 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 let's talk about this. But let's talk about it. Let's not get on a keyboard right. and jump to conclusions, make accusations, and and do things. Let's base everything upon data points. Sure. I love that. Yeah. Me too. When, when you've got facts, we can still debate them, but we're debating facts and how we think should be done as opposed to, well, I heard so-and-so, and it's just the Shady Grady and the good old boys network. I'm just, I'm so tired of that. Sure. You know. I echo all of the things. Okay, all right, good. I hear you. Good. I see you. Good. <laughs> Micah, thank you for joining us today. I uh, love the discussion. Uh, it's so important for the future of our community that we have good professional discussions even when sometimes if we don't do, do, uh, agree, um, we, we've got to talk. We, we've got to have that platform. Um, everybody has different ways of getting there. And I just hope that we will all continue to work together to try to get there. And there being, how do we make our community better? How do we grow it? Um, so, you know, one of the Chet Hitt's favorite sayings is he always says, hey, make it a great day. I hope we can all work together uh, to make Chickasha a great day. Thank you for joining us and I hope you have a great day. Thank you.